am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are actually, actually closing out part one of the series where I give advice that no one asked for by topic for each Enneagram type. Today we are covering the topic of self-care for type fours because unfortunately it looks like I may have just skipped right over it. And I hope that our type fours and those who love them can forgive me. And I appreciate the ones of you who sent me a DM checking in on that one. So we are here, we are getting it recorded, and I'm excited. Today I'll cover what life can look like for you with and without self-care, what you may do to sabotage your self-care, and a few practical tips for infusing more self-care into your life. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose today is honestly that Enneagram panels are the literal best thing ever. Like I'm deep into the recording of these panels for the summit and every single one has blown me away, has made me feel more connected to people, more connected to the Enneagram. It, I really just think it's, it, they're beautiful. Um, my thorn is that I'm a little bummed that I can't drink infinite coffees and matchas Here's the thing. I love matcha. I love it. And we recently bought the like blueberry lavender almond milk from Trader Joe's and you can put that in your matcha and it's real good. It's like real, real good. Um, the thing is that I like live on two coffees a day. More caffeine than that is like a little much for me. And I feel like when I drink more caffeine than that too, or more beverages than that, I don't get the water in that I want to get in. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people drink more than two caffeinated beverages a day and drink plenty of water. Like, where's, maybe they don't go to bed as early as I do because I'm a grandma, but I wish I could just back to back coffee, matcha, water all day long. My bud is that I am going live every day for the next couple of weeks on Instagram and it's so much fun just to sit down and talk with you and to see your names and to chat with you like in real time. So if you're interested in that, that's happening every day at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until next Friday. So like a week and a day from the day that this goes live. All right, now let's give some unsolicited advice on self-care for type four. Without self-care, like when self-care gets neglected for our fours, a few things can happen. The first one is maybe you start to look to others for your happiness, wishing that someone would do something a certain way or be a certain way so that you can feel good, so you can feel happy around them, so that they can be more of what you envision them to be. Maybe you try to get your needs met without asking directly. So maybe you try to kind of subtly hint at what it is that you want and need, but not just speak up and communicate it. Maybe you become a little bit passive aggressive, a little bit resentful. Maybe those things arise. Without self-care, maybe you also feel like something is wrong with you. Like you are somehow broken. Like if you were a different person, then your life would be better or you would have everything you needed to feel good in the world. Maybe, with self, maybe without self-care, you feel 
you think that other people's lives are easier than yours. Like everybody else has got it good, but for some reason your life is so hard. Now with self-care, maybe you appreciate yourself for who you are. Like you show up and you like yourself. You feel good about yourself. Um, You feel like you are just as human as the rest of us, therefore not too broken. Maybe you're more aware of what you have than what you're missing. You know, when when you have self-care, a lot of times our, our fours start to notice, wow, my life is pretty good. I have a warm bed. I have food on the table. I have this plant that I love. Things are really good. When we're without self-care, sometimes that focus of attention goes to what you don't have, what you could have, what you wish you had. With self-care, you trust that life will take care of you and that everything is going to be okay, that you are worthy of good things and good things are going to happen to you. With self-care, when you feel taken care of, you are more grounded and you're more confident in your wants and needs. You feel like you can confidently state, these are my intentions. This is where I would like to go. This is what I would like to do. Now, we're going to get into how you sabotage your self-care and infusing more self-care in in just a second. Real quick, a word from today's podcast sponsor. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We need therapy, my friends. No one is excluded from the need for that kind of support. Having someone on your team, someone to talk to, someone who listens to you non-judgmentally and asks you really good questions, this is important. We try our hardest to take care of ourselves, and many of you guys are doing an amazing job, but we can't do this life alone. And the amazing thing that is that healthy minds, being truly happy, it's possible, right? These things are available to us. Therapy works. There's this misunderstanding of what therapy is, but the reality is it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be sitting around talking about your feelings if you don't want to. Or maybe for you like me, that's exactly what it needs to be. It's your choice. At times, you know, I have felt like I've needed different kinds of therapy. I've needed someone to be really direct with me. I've needed someone to ask me really good questions. And at other times, I just need someone who'll listen. We're all struggling, especially right now. And there's no shame in asking for support. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Enneagram and Coffee listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash egram. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash egram. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for supporting the podcast. Okay, friends, a few ways that our type fours sabotage their access to self-care. The first is they limit structure in in exchange for feeling, meaning they have these things they want to do in their life, but they never quite feel like doing it, and therefore they don't do it. And the problem here is that our fours, you 
they put so much significance in doing something significant with their life. But when the when you lean on feeling ready or feeling like it's the right time or feeling like you're in the mood to do the tasks, then you don't get to actually make the progress that you need to make in order to do the things you want to do. And so it just reinforces the idea that there's something wrong with you specifically. When in reality, really what you need is just a little bit of structure um, to show up even when you don't quite feel like it. The second way that we sabotage self-care is limiting your access to joy. And what this means is not that all fours are sad. That's not the deal. That's not even real. Um, It's more so that melancholy and longing is a much more comfortable emotion. So while there are so many joyful fours, there's also this um, comfort with melancholy, a comfort with longing that makes joy emotion that gets, that's kind of earned. Like, oh, I, I can have joy when, I can feel happy when, or if I do this thing, then I deserve good things. Um, but melancholy, that's like this like comforting, warm blanket that you can kind of snuggle up in that's familiar and safe. There's not a lot of risk there. And sometimes our fours will limit their access to joy because joy feels scarier than melancholy. Joy feels you're, you're admitting that you already are significant even if you don't feel significant because you're only really worthy of good things if you are significant. And so if you, ex- if you accept this happy feeling, then what if the rug gets pulled out from under you and you realize you actually shouldn't have been so happy all along that actually you were mistaken and you should have really owned the fact that like sat you should have always be wanting more longing for more or trying harder or being different or being better and um and so like you're like it's like a scary it's a much much scarier than than kind of hoping and wishing and longing is the next thing is the way they can sabotage self-care is paying too close of attention to what others have so noticing that so-and-so got a new car or a new bike and kind of letting that feed that hunger for longing and that part of you that feels like there's something outside of yourself that could make you happy. So then you, you pay a close attention to what everyone else has and you see that they're getting things, they seem happy, they have these things or they're doing these things. And therefore, if you had those things and you were doing those things, then maybe you'd be happy too, or you'd feel as confident as they seem to feel, or you'd feel as qualified as they seem to feel. And so then you kind of start to acquire things um, and you start to kind of go after these things and you start to realize, oh, that's not the feeling. Let me try something else. Let me point that attention elsewhere. If I have the right coat, then maybe I'll feel good. Nope, not that. Okay. If I have the right bicycle, then maybe if I pick up biking, then I'll feel good. Nope, not that. Okay. Maybe if I, do you hear what I'm saying here? So it's kind of like this focus of attention going to what everyone else is doing and it never quite being right fit for you, but you can't stop the longing and the comparing and the belief that they have something that you need. The final way that our type four sabotage self-care is seeking an identity outside of simply who they are. So looking for a title, like I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm a graphic designer, I'm a novelist, you know, whatever it is you're seeking, something to define you. And the struggle with this and the, and the reason that this, it 
impacts your ability to receive love from yourself because you feel worthy of love when you have this identity, but you never quite feel worthy of that title because you've decided that the people who have that title feel something that you you haven't felt yet. So um, those who call themselves authors, well, they feel like an author, right? And, and, but maybe you write a book and you try, the, you try on the title of author and it feels like you're wearing someone else's pants and it's not quite right. And so then you think, I must not be a real author. And the other problem with our titles like this is that someone can, eat, someone can come by and say, well, that's not, you're not quite that. And, and people don't walk around doing that. People aren't just like walking down the street going like, you're not quite a musician. Da, 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 da. You know, that's not happening. But they're, the fear of that is kind of flowing, right? So um, that limits your access to care because if you think you have to be significant and significance means this title or having some a title that defines you, until you feel qualified for that title, then you aren't gonna really accept it and therefore you're limiting your access to love. But the reality is that most of us don't feel anything about our titles, right? When we have a title put onto us or we put a title onto ourselves, it doesn't all of a sudden invoke a feeling or a sensation that tells us that we've made it. Um, I think most of us doing anything, anything of seeming importance or doing anything of seeming meaning for ourselves even, we still wake up every day and convince ourselves it's worth it. And and we still wake up every day and convince ourselves that we matter. It's not like we ever feel that way. Like, oh, I have, I, I am definitely here and I'm definitely a writer and I'm definitely 100% qualified to call myself that, and I know it 100% of the day. And anytime I've ever heard someone say those words, like, I am a writer, I know I can call myself that, I'm confident, they sound like they're convincing themselves to me, right? So I think it's important to remember that there's no feeling that we're gonna get that a title will give us that will make us feel qualified and ready and meaningful. Okay, okay. So this is how you sabotage self-care. So let's talk about infusing more self-care in. When it comes to this title thing, I love the idea of thinking of yourself as a verb and not a noun. I cannot remember where I first saw this. I feel like it was like an, a random Instagram story. Um, but this concept feels so important for our fours. You are what you do. You are not a title. So. If you wanna be a writer, then you write. If you wanna be a dancer, then you dance. If you wanna be a musician, then you play music. It's that simple. It's not about this, it isn't, there's no bigger meaning than that. The second way to infuse more self-care in is, is to recognize and honor that you won't always feel like doing the things that are right for you. So a lot of times when I talk about self-care with our fours, my, my fours say, well, I'm awesome at self-care. And here's the thing. Yeah, maybe in the traditional sense of what we think of self-care, right? Like face masks and um, time in nature, writing music, whatever self-care, like those kind of traditional sense of self-care. But sometimes self-care is as simple as creating some structure, setting boundaries, having a routine that 
make sure you eat and sleep and drink plenty of water. Maybe it's moving your body. Whatever it is for you, these things that nourish you, right? We're not talking about like, these things make me feel a temporary satisfaction, make me feel a good little feeling. No, like what's truly nourishing you and truly helping you to be more if you want to be in the world and healing some of your your more tender wounds. That is what I want you to do when it comes to self-care. And remembering that you're not always going to feel like doing those things, but doing them anyway will give you the feeling you're trying to feel before you do them, right? So if you want to feel motivated to clean your room, clean your room and then you'll feel motivated. That's a silly example, but it that's a real one for me. All right. The third way to infuse more self-care in is don't do things for the emotional hit, right? So often this since this desire to feel kind of an intense emotional connection with people can create a dynamic where you create emotionally intense scenarios, maybe online or in per, interpersonal relationships so that you can feel connected in, in the way that you naturally connect. And this oftentimes leads down a road of actually seeking conflict where conflict wasn't necessary and creating turmoil in your life where turmoil wasn't necessary. Um, because again, suffering is comfortable and conflict gives me the emotional reinforcement that I'm craving. And so that those two things kind of combined together can create a dynamic where you're seeking these emotional outputs from other people and sometimes in and a negative connection where you could be seeking an emotional connection in positive and healthy ways in ways that support you and them, that would be more reinforcing. So let's say you're afraid someone is going to abandon you or someone is not, maybe you feel like someone doesn't really love you. The emotional connection you can seek is reinforcement that you are loved, reinforcement that you are emotionally connected, you know, experiencing joy and play together so that that is kind of a reinforced safety instead of kind of pushing at them and poking at them to prove that they will in fact leave. This will give you kind of more stability over time and more emotional safety with yourself over time. Okay, the fourth way that you can infuse more self-care in is to limit your access to watching other people's lives and kind of creating a healthy dynamic with envy. So maybe there are people who you consistently see, they make you feel like your life isn't good enough, that you should be doing other things, that you should be doing more and unfollow those people, mute them if they're close to you. They don't have to know you're not following everything they do and say, limit your access to people who you envy and then also kind of shift the way you think about envy a little bit. You know, maybe envy is just an indicator about like what you want in your life. And if you feel confident or you start to see yourself as what you do, not who you are, then you can start to put some steps behind those things that you want. So if you see someone who wrote a book and that makes you feel envious, well, that's some information like maybe you want to write a book. And you can start putting some action behind that. And that can be a way that you kind of interact with your envy that actually is self-supportive. And then I have a bonus for you. And that is really just a practical one to set up a, a supportive morning routine. Having something that you do every single day that's just kind of like 
mindless. I mean, it won't be mindless at first. It'll take some time. I, I usually say about 90 days before this becomes just part of your life, but just something small that you do every single morning so that you can create some structure for your day that says like, okay, this is time for me to start task now. And then a wind down routine, something small that you do just to kind of close off that work routine so that you're building a little bit of structure for you to play in. So you can kind of float around in the middle, but you have some structure in place between here and there. Thank you all so much for being here. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you. If you are wanting more Enneagram goodness and want to go much deeper with the Enneagram, I am hosting the Enneagram Summit and tickets are on sale right now. Um, you, By the time you're listening to this, we are getting close to the last couple of days that early bird tickets are available. So make sure you don't spend more money than you have to. Go grab your ticket right now, today. Link to join is in the show notes so you can easily access that and go and grab your seat. As always, I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.